0: All right, this is uh, segment one, take two. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, your host of Happy Hour Radio, and I'm out and about uh, in downtown Seattle at RN74 for a very cool private tasting with uh, our friends from Terroir Life, and that is this great uh, import company, a distributor, and I've got the pleasure of speaking with Amy Currens, who is the wine specialist here. Amy, welcome to Happy Hour.
1: Thanks for having me, Christopher. Nice to be here.
0: It's great. I'm looking at uh, a whole host of wines and great hors d'oeuvres and I love being here at RN74. Um, Let's talk about how you got involved in the wine business and what wines we're tasting tonight.
1: Alright, well, uh, getting involved in the wine business, that's probably a little bit too long of a story to tell, <laughs> uh, but let's just say that I made my avocation into my vocation a while back as wine director and sommelier in San Francisco, um, a few openings, um, National Sommelier for Intercontinental Hotels Group, um, uh, studying with Master Sommeliers to become certified, the whole the whole deal, things that I didn't even know existed when I was in my 20s. Um, So, yeah, I've been really honored to be in such a great business and to be connected to the globe. Um, Terroir life definitely is a kind of culmination of connecting me to the wine globe as well. Uh, Tonight we're tasting a selection of wines from Sandi, uh, Rajpar and Sashi Mormon, as well as... Maya Comas, which is a relatively new acquisition for Charles Banks, but a historical property in Napa. Um, oh, no.
0: One of the great properties in Napa Valley. Absolutely.
1: And also looking at, uh, we were tasting a little Maison Loree, which is a burgundy project we have on, the, on the, uh, the radar for at least another vintage. And then the uh, Wind Gap Wines, Pax Malay's project.
0: Well, what a treat. And uh, there's no better place to taste wines um, other than RN74. Jeff Lindsay Thorson is the wine director and uh, <laughs> great food. Um, let's talk about one of the special properties. And Mike, Mayakamas has been one of those names that people probably struggle how to uh, pronounce it. But uh, give me some history on this winery.
1: So Mayakamas has been around since the late 1800s. We are about, well, 2014 vintage is the 125th vintage for Mayakamas. Uh, Cabernet, Chardonnay. Uh, they were making a little Sauvignon Blanc until they pulled that up um, back in the day. I think that was just winery only. Um, and then there are a couple of acres of Merlot as well.
0: And that was Mary Edwards who used to make the Sauvignon Blanc for uh, Maya Comets, that right? That's
1: back in the day. Good. Yeah, good
0: I call. do remember yeah. that. Okay, very good.
1: The, the winemakers who have walked those halls.
0: <laughs> if the halls and walls could speak. Um, so, obviously, Napa Valley, no. For great Cabernet Sauvignon, um, and of course the Chardonnay is uh, also recognized. But Cabernet is really the hallmark of Napa Valley, and uh, you have two examples here of the Maya uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, tell me about the vintages here.
1: Well it was, I will tell you that it was hard to make a bad wine in 2009 or 1999. Um, two kind of hallmark vintages in Napa, uh, also seen as ageable, um, garnered great scores, etc. But what it really comes down to is that every vintage from Mayakamas is a great vintage in that we have amazing fruit sources. Mayakamas has never been 100% a estate wine. Um, Mayakamas has never been, you know, Bob Travers, who uh, is still kind of a figurehead, but sold the winery to Charles uh, in 2011 um, with the Schottenstein family as well as a partner. Uh, he he really uh, relished where the fruit came from, minimal minimal uh, you know manipulation, uh, not a lot of new oak um, you know big oak tanks that are still being used that have been used since the turn of the century. and the uh, concrete fermentation as well as just the vines themselves um, you know there are
0: this is great because when you when you talk about all those words you talk about um, Boti or the demi uh, Demimudes and this is really an old world style of winemaking and I think that's really special for Napa Valley because obviously um, you know when you talk about Robert Mondavi in the 60s and then um, Maya Camus was there before that, and they had a style. They've always had a house style. Um, the 99 Vintage was one of those vintages which was a somewhat maligned, I think, in Napa Valley. They talked about being great, but there was also a little bit of, of green note. Or am I thinking that's Washington? Can you comment on the 99
1: Vintage? No.
0: <laughs> well, let's taste the wine. The uh, proof is in the pudding here. So I have the 1999 uh, Maia Camus, uh Cabernet, and is this labeled a Napa Valley, Napa County? Um, how do they distinguish their wines?
1: The Cabernet is always is always labeled as Mount Veeder. Uh, Mount Veeder. Uh, they are so, uh, we are sourcing from other vineyards on Mount Veeder as well, but primarily it comes from the estate, Bob in particular was never adverse to he always wanted to work with his neighbors uh, and always show the Mount Veder character. It's
0: a big sandbox he gets to play with right and all the friends? That's
1: correct yes.
0: And now Mount Veter is one of the five mountains there in uh, Napa Valley and um, best known for the uh, elevation which and plus great drainage and old soil so you've got a lot of things going for you especially for uh, well both Chardonnay and Cabernet. In fact we had a a Mount Veder Chardonnay from Mayakamis. My, uh,
1: yes, we did.
0: <laughs> and that was the 07, which uh, was really cool to taste because we're looking on 10 years now and it shows great complexity, also great balance. Um, how many winemakers do you think have been through the uh, Mayakamis uh, winery?
1: Oh, that is, a, that is a very good question. Uh, but...
0: I'll take winemakers for 2000, Alex.
1: That is exactly right. That is something that I would have to look up as far as the winemakers that I've missed in the list.
0: Okay, so I'm tasting the 1999 uh, Mountain Vita Cabernet Sauvignon from Maya Um Certainly nice and bright. It has a, it's a moderate plus weight. It's not necessarily a full bodied wine. At this age, you're looking for a little bit of a secondary and tertiary character. Um, it has a touch of herbal, but I think what's great about Cabernet Sauvignon is that most people don't realize it's it's actually the child of uh, this uh, this love duo of Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc is known for very very racy aromas and Cabernet Franc is also a very pyrazine driven um, grape variety so Cabernet Sauvignon should have some of the herbal qualities and it's good to taste that in this 1999. Is this wine still available on the marketplace?
1: Yes, the 99 is available in the marketplace. Unfortunately, we've sold out of it down in California. Uh, we still have some at the winery that I'm not allowed to sell, but we do have a little bit left up here in Washington.
0: Okay, well, we're lucky to live up here in Washington. And it's one of those labels that obviously you see, it looks classic out of California, but it's one of those different, difficult things to pronounce. And dare I say someone thinks it's from... Uh, from uh, South America, being the Aztecs and the Mayans, um, heck no. So The next wine here is the 2009, you said?
1: Yes, it is. 2009, hard vintage to make a bad wine in Napa. <laughs>
0: Okay, so I definitely get a house style. This is really a medium plus weighted wine. Acid is nice and bright. I mean, for 2009, obviously, Napa Valley gets very warm. It's got a lot of heat units. And one of the challenges, of course, is, is um, having balance in your wines. Uh, I like the deft use of oak. Um, this still has a touch of that herbal quality, a little bit of thyme, a little tobacco, cedar. Um, it's just really more of a dark red fruit wine, and I think sometimes the Cabernets can be very, very, I'll say unctuous in their fruit profile, especially with all the new oak. When you talk about the, uh, the cult wines, they're really, um, well, manufacturing, manipulating those wines to be big showcase wines. And uh, Myacamas has this great old world thread through all the wines.
1: I agree. And we intend to keep that going. This is a, this is a benchmark uh, style in Napa, as well as a kind of benchmark winemaking, if you even really want to call that. It's really more stewardship than anything.
0: Oh, I like that. Um, you know, the, the wine grows in the, in the vineyard, and uh, <laughs> the winemakers are there not to mess it up. Well, Amy Currens, um, you have a whole portfolio. How can we find some of these wines? Is there some information or a website?
1: Absolutely. You can go visit terroirlife.com. We do have a page that you can find our list of distributors within our website.
0: Excellent. And uh, just for fun, what would the 99 or the 09 uh, retail for?
1: Ooh, so 99 is going to retail around $1. $150. Right, $150. Uh, the 2009 will retail around 95
0: Okay, excellent. Well, it pays to, to buy young, apparently, <laughs> which is really cool. Um, a lovely tasting. I look forward to uh, trying all of the wines here tonight. We've got the Sandy Wines with Raja Par, and we've got uh, my Thomas, of course. Uh, the Wind Gap with Pax Mali, and uh, what's the Maison other? Maison Yeah, Maison Luray from Burgundy. Um, Amy Kearns with... Terroir Life Distributing and Imports Thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio
1: Thank you Christopher It was my pleasure